Tez talk today. We're very fortunate to have Vincent Bresnan, or Vinny, as I like to call him, whether that's appropriate or not, I don't know, but I'll continue that for the Absolutely. interview. <laughs> so Vincent is in New York City and has gone out of his way to log in for this call. So we are recording it, so we post it on all the socials as usual, and but hopefully those who are in attendance today might be asked to ask a few questions at the end, et cetera, et cetera, as per usual. So Vinny, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. And thanks for making yourself available. I know with the time difference and everything else, it's not the most convenient, but you made it. So we do appreciate it here. Um, yeah, so given context regarding us, we're the Trinity Entrepreneurial Society and uh, based at the Trinity College, actually the largest entrepreneurial society in Europe uh, within universities. And it's um, we really pride ourselves on really, really engagement and how we kind of develop that engagement is getting people that are out in industry and some ex-alumni or sorry, alumni such as yourself, but just whoever is out in industry doing things and maybe inspiring and paying it back and inspiring some of these mostly undergrads to, you know, maybe um, see a possible path for them too. So in that context, Vinny, tell us where you are now, uh, both professionally and geographically, and tell us potentially how you got there. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so I am, yeah, I'm in New York. Um, I think I did my under my one. Well, no, I did like a uh, my time in Trinity was I think 2005 or six, so quite quite a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. Since since I was in Trinity, I lived in London for about ten years, um, and then moved to New York in 2018. Um, so which is where which is where I'm based now. Um, my, I'm currently running a company called Uplisting. Um, we are software for short-term rental property managers to manage their businesses. So we do a lot of automation, um, allow them to scale effectively. Um, we're a software partner with Airbnb, Booking.com, Verbo. Um, basically like your, your, your focal point for your business if you're in short-term rentals is um, what Uplisting is there for. Okay, right. And you kind of bring them together. And like, what inspired you, or what was your background to kind of led you into that? Because it's not again, um, there's no clear paths for entrepreneurs mm. as such. But how did you find yourself yeah. in that position, Data? So, um, I I won't go back to the very startup. Well, I have uh, I, I set up another business previously. I'll, I'll maybe go into that in a bit. But um, the the way I got into up this thing was I worked for a Airbnb competitor in London called Housetrip. And within House Trip, I ran a company um, which was called Keep Me Booked. Um, and it was at House Trip, kind of, it was kind of at the start, very early days with this um, Airbnb kind of phenomenon where it's like, um, you know, building a market um, wasn't, wasn't as popular as what it is now. Like self catering was a thing, but it wasn't um, as popular as it is now. Um, so I worked for this company called Keep Me Booked, and House Trip were finding it really hard to compete with Airbnb. Airbnb had raised like hundreds of millions of dollars, um, House Trip had maybe raised about 100. Um, so they were really struggling to compete against Airbnb, um, and they thought that maybe a, a way to differentiate was to have a, uh, kind of a B2B software play, basically. Um, so rather than focusing on the consumer and all of the ad spend they were doing, they spent like a million, a million dollars in Google Ads, like a month or something, or even a week, it was insane. Wow. Uh, so rather than doing all of that, they were um, talking about building a B2B so we can, uh, there's, there's a market for it. So you had like, you know, you had Airbnb, you had Booking.com, you had Verbo or HomeAway, um, you had Housetrip. Um, and the property owners or managers were listing on all platforms, um, but there was no focal point. It was really, it was, um, 
it wasn't uh, there's no simple way to like update prices in each platform simply you know in one in one in one go kind of thing and hubshop were actually feeling the pain of that because airbnb was the main platform and um, okay. so people, people would update their prices in airbnb and not do it in hubshop and then um, bookings would come through in hubshop and they'd have to get cancelled because they weren't the right prices or they already had a booking on airbnb um, so the um the consumer uh how should we, we're really struggling from the consumer side because they just they, they weren't reliable effectively okay so it was a, an idea to build this, uh, this kind of software to work in the in the kind of underneath um in the in the background um which is where keep good came um we spent like a year building the software there's like hundreds of hours of customer development and interviews and um tests and everything else and working with an engineering team um and then before we launched that product uh the, both businesses got sold to TripAdvisor um and TripAdvisor were more interested in house trips in their portfolio rather than um okay. rather than what we built um so we after all the you know all the experience myself and two other guys from the house trip team and keep the book team um set up this thing from scratch wow that's the story of where where it came from cool and in that original, you say you spent the hours building that. Like, so there was a team of you that were that at that stage, or you were bought before you ended up. Did you, did that team transcend into uplisting, or was this a yes, new? There was a team and it probably was, we had like a user experience designer. We had a designer, front-end designer. We had like a, um, you know, four or five engineers working on the back end, um, myself and a few others. There was, there was quite a big team that was involved in building this. Um, when we sold the TripAdvisor, um, we, um, it was only three of us that, that moved from that team into, into uplisting. Cool, cool. So you've been together now a long time, you and your co-founders. Yeah, that was 2016, I think we kind of, that all happened, so it's been a while, yeah. Interesting. And because like a lot of, like, well, it sounds like a lot of businesses online, that the presence is online, are you geographically together in New York City right now, or are you spit around the world, or how does it work? Yeah, so I was just talking to, so there's my two co-founders, one's called Andy and one called Tade, one's called Tade, and he's in Slovenia, Andy's in Leeds in the UK. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Andy since 2018, like in person. Wow. We, yeah, we, we were just talking about it the other day. I was like, that's, 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 incredible. that's crazy. It was my wedding, actually, that they came to my wedding. Wow. And that was the last time I saw him. Um, so yeah, we've always been remote. Uh, mm -hmm. We started off in London. We were, we were all living in London at the time. Sorry, all living in the UK. Myself and Teddy were kind of um, living close enough to each other. Um, but Andy was in Leeds. Um, so after, you know, after the first year, we've, been, we've always been remote. Um, and now we have a team of around 15, and we're all across... We're Australia, Ireland, Slovenia, Bulgaria, um, where else? Kenya, um, Philippines, and Spain. Unreal, unreal. And, and those three co-founders are kind of at the top of that organization. And would you have like specific, you know, uh, CEO, CFO, CTO, or are you just like balancing things amongst yourselves? Or how does the kind of responsibilities break down between the three of you? Yeah, good, really good question, actually, because we're kind of at the point where we're, where we are Change. we're moving to the next phase of the business it's kind of we're, okay. we're conscious of this now so uh up until maybe last year it was quite loose where i did the, the two but so andy and Taddy were the engineers and they, they we didn't really put a role like they weren't cto or, or not yeah, yeah they're both very very equal on that um and i basically did everything else that was kind of how <laughs> we did it and when you're when you're trying to build a product or a software product you want your engineers working on the software not yes. on the other stuff um, so a big part of my role was just to uh, ensure those guys weren't blocked in what they're building and that they're, you know, churning out features and value as, as often as possible. 
Um, but now we're moving more as we've added more teammates and we've kind of grown a little bit. We really there has to be some structure. Um, and we don't want to have any like real formal kind of you know roles and and names yeah. for that or whatever. I, I never call myself a CEO anyway. I kind of just call myself like a founder, whatever. Yeah, um, so, it's a, I'm with you on that. It sounds a bit, even though it's accurate, probably it does sound a bit. It's a, it's a small company. I think it's if yeah. you're running a you know. Uh, uh, some large thousand person company. The, the, company, totally, totally the company, company formerly known as Facebook. Like that lad yeah. called himself a CEO. Yeah, yeah. Okay, crap. Definitely. Um, but now we are putting in um, some sort of structure and it's more because you need your team to be happy. So I want to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting the feedback from people who are doing customer support all the way through. And it's not like linear and it's not like, you know, top level. It's like, um, you know, I don't know, what's that like? Horizontal, I guess. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, but it's it's more about the communication channels and who reports to who and who talks yes. about what and who makes the decisions. Um, so we're kind of actively working on that. And and being a remote team is very important to have this written down. So I'm doing a lot of writing at the moment uh, as to what our expectations are as a company, like as a, mm -hmm. as a, at a very high level, what we're what we want in a, what we want in our you know our teammates, what we want in. Um, what we expect from people, what we don't like, um, and then kind of some some role based um, uh, information as well, like that uh, that just helps to make sure that people are comfortable on the same page. All right, and I think that makes perfect sense. No matter what the size sort of, like size of organization, people like to know what success looks like and what their role is and who to go to if they have a problem or you know who to report. I just think yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's getting important. It yeah, is important. It's getting important as we as we grow. It gets even more. It just it, it's hard to hide it. You know, it's, it's kind of things will pop up, and you're like, okay, we don't actually have a process for that. Let's figure out what the process is, and then next time around, we'll be able to deal with it. Nice. And your teammates, right? So the team that you've built, kind of demographically, would they be kind of under, like you know, people just straight out of college? Would it be people like you know, at all stages in life, or like is it a very young organization? Um. How do we define young to, to like, well, uh, no, but to like be young students? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is true. So that is true. And it's probably an irrelevant question, but I find this like they tell me or what I'm reading at least is that when you're building a team from the start, it's good to have people that can grow with the business. And you know, mm -hmm. as you guys because you guys are growing and to continue to do so. And mm -hmm. what I would imagine would be kind of useful to long-term success is have teammates that can grow with you. And as the business grows, they can professionally grow as well. So not so much yeah. about age as in experience. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. I think it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for a... So we're a really lean company. Um, we Everybody that works for works within Uplisting has to have... You know, well, for, up until this point, at least, has had to have some impact and, okay, um, cool. a, you know, a, a decent bit of impact and not just, um, you know, we don't, I haven't done internships, but the main, main reason being is that I just haven't, I don't have the time to, de to dedicate yeah. to that um, and it'd be no use for anybody. So there's there's definitely um, the need to grow and, and be, a, you know, be have the ability to grow within the company and we, but we also have to be in a position where we can actually nurture that, um, yeah. which is, I think, the main blocker would be. But I, I, an interesting point with Uplisting is, we don't have any full-time employees, not even myself. Um, we're all contract um, Okay, interesting. So we all have our individual businesses that we use to run uplisting. Um, and it's kind of a decision we made based on where we started off at, because we started uplisting as a part-time side hustle, effectively. Um, and we did that We did that for, I was just looking at our, our chart, our graph of like our revenue growth, and it's just literally flat for about two years. And then it thankfully starts going in the right direction. Um, but it was a, uh, 
side hustle. You know, it was, it was, we weren't sure if it was going to work. We thought it was a really good idea. We knew we could build it. We knew there's a market for it, um, but it was a part-time gig uh, up until fairly recently as well. Actually, my, one of the co-founders is just starting to work full-time next month. So it's like, uh, been really, we've been quite, you know, steadily growing and, and nice. he's, he's a bit older. So he's got, he's got like, you know, teenage daughters and he's got, he needs okay. to have a bit more security. So it's just, you know, but anyway, the, the reason that what I'm getting at is that we have the flexibility. So having, nice. um, having the contractors means that um, for us, it's easier to manage and we don't have to look at payrolls in Australia, Bulgaria, everywhere else. Um, and it means that we can pay people a bit a bit more than what they would be if they were earning a regular salary to take, to take account of things like healthcare and um, pensions and whatever else. Um, but it also means you've got flexibility. So we have like, like an example of one of our engineers who um, is amazing, fantastic, uh, spends his winters in Austria skiing and his summers in Greece kitesurfing. Oh, You'll do like three days, you know, a week in uplifting and two days kite surfing. I, I, and it also depends on when, when the wind's up. So he has the flexibility to go, I'm not going to go kite surfing. Dreams, but, dreams. Yeah, real dreams, okay. but, but possible, yeah. you know, it's the like, worst. it's just about the business structure. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And like, that's, you know, exactly what everybody would be looking for, that flexibility, you know, and that's the beauty of being within a business that you have that creative, you know, a little bit of autonomy in terms of, you yeah, know, allowing people autonomy. to do that. That's yeah, awesome. And, uh, and, and he would say that he actually gets more work done in those three days than he would if he was working five days a week in a company somewhere. That makes perfect sense. And I know it depends on the individual, but I think that makes yeah. sense for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Individual, for sure. Not everybody yeah. that kind of stuff. But... So the, it, it, with that in mind, then it's kind of, you know, uh, we do have some junior, you know, more junior level, um, but they, they need to be hungry and willing to learn. And um, through the documentation we're writing, we can, they can understand what their expectations are. And if they yep. meet those, then we're all good. If not, uh, we're not going to necessarily, um, you know, necessarily spend a lot of time trying to fix that problem. It's more like, okay, we're going to, we're going to find somebody else who's, who's um, you know, maybe, maybe more hungry or whatever it is. Makes sense. Makes sense. And look, I mentioned at the start that you're currently in New York City, but that is not a New York accent. And I know that for sure. Okay. I have a good ear on me. That is not a, you're not a New Yorker. So give us a bit of background. So we'll bring it all the way back because that was loads yeah. of context, context in terms of what we're doing right now with our listing and what the structures look like. But Vinny, as the man, as the person, where did the journey start? And like, come on, bring it all the way back. So I'm from Donegal. Donegal Town. Um, I lived there until you know I took secondary school or what was it, the tech, um, Abbey Vocational School. Uh, then I, my mom's Welsh, so I, I kind of went to university in Cardiff. Um, one oh. reason being, kind uh, of, kind of went to university in Cardiff. You were there. Yeah, I was there. I was there. Yeah, definite statement. Um, yeah. But I actually didn't do a language. I didn't study any languages. I, I'm not good at languages. Um, apart from some coding languages, but like actual, you know, languages I wasn't so good at. So I couldn't go to many universities in, in Ireland. I did, I did get into Trinity, but I, I decided against the Trinity undergrad. So I went to Cardiff, did my did I get undergrad in civil engineering. Um, and I had fun, more fun than study, I guess. Um, then <laughs> I moved back to Dublin, was in Dublin, did this course or this um, postgraduate diploma in Trinity. Um, kind of at a point where I was trying to find myself, I guess. I wasn't yeah. really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to, do, I always loved doing like businesses and, you know, a lot of entrepreneurial type stuff. And I was very, we're always into that and engineering. I loved engineering as well, um, but wasn't quite sure of where I was. Um, I went to work in a engineering firm in Dublin for two or three years, um, TJ O'Connor's in Sandyford. 
um, who were fantastic, loved it. They were great, great people to work with. Um, but I'm sure that I kind of learned a lot and um, grew a lot. And then um, kind of realized that I actually wanted to do something more in uh, more, not so much civil, more kind of, I did sustainable energy. I wanted to do it for like mechanical stuff. Um, so I moved to London, did a master's in Brunel in sustainable energy. And okay. Kind of, kind of, I was at, maybe it was about like 26 at that point. So I was at an age or was at a maturity level where I was just full on. You know. Yeah, you know what you want. You know where to, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to like, I think I got I got a two two in my civil, in my in my undergrad, I got like a distinction in my master's. It was just a difference of where I was in my life, kind of thing. Um, For sure. Then I didn't. I, I was kind of. I was also at the recession, so I left like a really secure oh, yeah. engineering job and went to London in the recession. Um, we there wasn't actually that many engineering jobs at the time, so I, I kind of fell back on one of my hobbies, which was web design. I, I, I've been doing web design since I was like thirteen. Um, okay. Just as a hobby, and then uh, I started working for a like a d design development agency in Soho, um, and spent a couple of years there, and then. Uh, I launched my first software-based company after that. Okay, right. And like, uh, this thing is coming up over and over. I'm interviewing entrepreneurs now weekly. And what is coming up more often than that is that people fall into their, you know, passions and their hobbies and stuff that they're doing as kids. And all of a sudden they're like, all right, we trade yeah. corporate world. We, we were employed, uh, but I just rather do the stuff that I'm organically wanting to do. And then they make yeah. Awesome careers out of it. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, you can try. I mean, it's there for the taking, you know, if you're hungry for it. And if you despise working for somebody else enough, then you have yeah. no alternative. <laughs> See, that's with me. I think that's the biggest driver for me. Like, currently, you can tell this isn't my clothes. I'm currently at work. This is my lunch break, really, believe it or not. But it's, uh, for the time being, very happy to be employed. But I just know long term, I just don't really take direction in a kind of, especially micromanagement sense, just doesn't suit me. So I feel as though that'll be my driver back into the entrepreneurial world at certain points. Yeah. Um, okay, and at that stage, right, so that's that. So when you set up that web design uh, when you're in that business, like what was that like, you know, just out of necessity? It sounds like back against the wall in London, not a whole lot of work, develop the business, mm. but like, what was that experience like for you, for you? Any kind of like lessons that you learned that you might be able to spare anybody here that might be listening that might be considering doing something similar and not out of necessity, perhaps, or the choice? Yeah. Is there stuff that you learned the hard way? Well, I mean, the, the contrast between an engineering firm and a design agency in Soho is enormous. You know, your kind of engineering firm is there's a lot. I don't know if it's changed since, but very formal, um, you know, going to meetings in like not so much suits, but shirt and tie and, mm -hmm. um, all that kind of stuff, you know, like typical kind of office uh, environment where a, a design agency in London is very much, you know, well, I guess Mac computers. Um, I don't know, it's just very, very different. Um, cooler is our yeah, cooler, yeah. cooler, edgier, kind of, you know, more relaxed, uh, extreme, uh, very different. It's very, very different. Um, so I, I kind of I love that though. So just experiencing that alone and working in that environment was just like right. I want to be I want to be doing this kind of thing because this is this is fun. Um, I get to go. Yes. Anyway. You know, it's, it's different. Um, but saying that, my I didn't I didn't particularly like the person I was working for in that in that uh, in that business. So I kind of learned um, about different management types. Whereas the engineering firm I worked for, my boss was amazing. That you know the nicest guy that you could possibly meet. Um, but um, yeah, so that, that kind of then caused me, I got my experience. I had, you know, I was going to meetings in like Google 
you know, campus. I would never got the experience in, in doing civil engineering. And I was going to work, I was going to meetings in like digital marketing for, um, or digital um, design for American Express. You know, all of these different clients that they worked with um, was just so much different to what I had been used to. And it kind of opened my eyes a lot as to what, yes. you know, what, I, what was possible. Um, so yeah, th th having those, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about what you want to do, just be maybe spending a few months or whatever working in different environments um, definitely can, can help you figure out what you want to do. You might prefer the civil engineering kind of office, you know, route. Um, but, but without the experimentation, you'll never know. You know, you never if, you, know yeah. if, if you accept the first thing, consider that life, you know, you, you, yeah. I do not experimentation is key, you know, and people like you and I probably experiment to maybe more than most, but that's, you know, you, avoid, you eventually find your path. I think, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, and that's settled that too much. It's, I think one of the big things for me learning as I went through my 20s was that there were so many jobs out there that I'd never heard of or, mm -hmm. you know, would never have known that that existed. Um, just wasn't, didn't come up in career guidance for some yes, reason. But like, there's so it. many of them. Like, like, and in Cork, yeah. in Cork and Donegal, they don't teach us these things in the school, you know, the no. classroom. But, but by no. you going to, was it London? Was that, was that yeah. just location, relocating to London really opened your yeah. eyes to all these experiences and potentials? Massively, massively, massively. And I, I know Dublin is, you know, at that point, I guess, now as well. Um, and I think I, I just, yeah, I, I felt that move there and going into the unknown um, yeah. and then being, being in like Soho and, you, you know, just London was just an amazing city in general, um, meeting so many different people that were coming from different backgrounds, like, you know, meeting all these friends that were doing marketing or design agency and, uh, you know, so many different things. It was just a, a real education. Nice, 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 nice. And look at what an experience. And I just find, irrespective of where you move, I just think it's good to move. get out of your hometown, Get into somewhere where you're uncomfortable and grow back against the wall and grow. Yeah. And you yeah. see the world as it is, a very large yeah. space with lots of potential. Yeah. I think when, when you're young as well, you can get comfortable. You know, you, you kind of, if you're living in wherever it is for a number of years, you're, you, you can, I don't know if you get stuck per se is the word, but you're, you're there. You don't know what else is out there. I think it's, it's I think it's nice to reset. And, and that's why we moved to, we, like, we were in London for 10 years. Um, and then we moved to New York because we just wanted to reset again. You know, it's like, let's, mm. let's see what's going on. It's, and then moving here has opened up so many more opportunities that we ever, that we would never have had in London either. So it's kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's rewarding, I think. Amazing. And you're there now since 2018. So three or four years already. Do you need max? That is yeah, time's know, moving, man. <laughs> Comfortable, I'd say, though. Like New York looks like a cool place. Yes. I got two American kids. I don't know where that came from. Like, it's just. It's, it's very funny. <laughs> oh my God. Well, look, I hope they keep their father's accent. That's all I hope for. I, I, they, they inherit it somehow. I don't know if that's genetics. Yeah. That's my hope. Yeah. Um, awesome. Awesome. And like, so people in this room, okay, so we have mentioned it before that the undergrads primarily, people that will be listening to this on Instagram or on YouTube, and we're going to be posting this. It's really about telling people about these opportunities. And, you know, especially in a place like Trinity, that's so academic. Everybody that's got in here for undergrad had to work really hard. So as a result of that, often students and, you know, we would have known them, you know, victims of their own success, kind of the pressure of society telling them what they should be doing from the very young age based on their abilities. Now, again, like you mentioned, sometimes it's for you. But what I wanted to hope, uh, what I hope to do this evening is maybe, you know, inspire people to think outside the box slightly, or, you know, look at other options. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned yeah. it about relocating and we mentioned it about you know, not being comfortable, but what, is there any other advice if you were to think of like, you know, an 18 year old version of Vinny, like what would you be saying? What would be, if you could go back in time and mm -hmm. 
what would you say? Or what could you have helped that person with to get to where you are now, maybe a little bit faster? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess there's, I think you're, if you're looking to go down the entrepreneurial path or build something or, you know, try something out, then you just need to start it. I think it's like, there's no, there's no reason to, you know, delay or think you might do it in some point in the future. I think that was, a, that was the thing I struggled with for a while. Not struggled with, but I just didn't know, you know, I didn't realize that was what you could do. You can go and start mm. something right now. Um, yeah. Like there's no, there's nothing stopping you. So I think starting it, there's never going to be a perfect time, but starting it, it's a side project, a hustle, whatever it is, it's going to be, it's definitely worthwhile doing that. Um, there's, I mean, I have some idea, some ideas of, of, you know, when you know you want to do something or build something or build a company. Um, there are a few things that I've learned along the way that are, that are, I think, quite helpful. Um, like when I, the first company I set up was called Shan's Plan and it was like a recipe planner. Okay, um, recipe planner. It was with my mum. Oh, love uh, that. Yeah, so my mum's a home account, was a home account teacher in, uh, in Donegal and she came up with this really cool idea and she's a cookery school now and she's kind of, you know, she's amazing and she's built up everything just by herself. So she, she's class, but she had this idea of a recipe planner and I was like, okay, this sounds good. This kind of makes an internet app. Um, and we, 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 we kind of start building this. Um, we, we raised like about 400,000 euro, I think in the end. Um, it took years, like years to get to this point. It was a, a real struggle. Okay. Um, and we, um, we, you know, it, we had like 10,000 users on this thing. It was, it was going nicely, but um, we just, we didn't have any uh, engineering in, in house. Okay. We didn't have anybody to build actual apps. So it was really kind of stop, start, didn't release things quick, quickly. There wasn't that like cycle. Like when you're building software, and sometimes it's really about getting things out as quickly as possible. Quality stuff, obviously, but it is like iterating and changing and moving and adapting and listening to what your customers are saying and building a feature that I think is that you think is going to add a lot of value. Um, that's kind of how you, you know, build a successful software business, at least. But um, we didn't have that in cost. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it kind of it it um, it petered out. We ran out of money, and we just had to stop it. It was, it was an extremely painful kind of. Uh, I can imagine experience. Um, and we we raised a lot of money through crowdfunding. And I I, I felt so like I was physically like personally, I felt so responsible for this, and I I, I just could, I hated it. Um, okay. So I, I, after that, I was like, I'm never ever doing a business ever again. That's like, <laughs> this is over. Um, but uh, then I went to work for the good house trip and I kind of got over it at that point after a couple of years. So then that's where we, we, we turned up this thing. But, but there's ways that I, I think, if I'm looking back at that business, there's ways that we could have done things differently. Um, uh, I just wasn't aware of them at the time. So there's things like building a community first. Um, so basically what you want to do is get to the point where you can, you can provide something of value uh, with the simplest you know, without it doing too much work or investing too much money in something or spending too much time on it. Um, and there's ways you can do that by building a community and like um, building, you know, if, you, if you're solving a problem, like, so what we're doing is for Airbnb property managers. Um, so you can build a community around people who are Airbnb property, property managers on Facebook or whatever it is, and just provide some insights or advice and even just get people talking together and you kind of build that community. Um, and, and quite quickly, you can, if you nurture that, you can then build a product on top of that and you have your customers. Like that's- the, And the you have the base customers. already. Yeah. That's clever because most business. businesses do the other way around, right? Most people yeah. would launch and then they start scrambling for the community. Yeah, clever. yeah, yeah. Build a community, learn from them, um, and then and then launch a product. You'll figure out what you what you should be building. It's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's I think it's the future of what uh, we'll see these software businesses coming out on communities. And then not only are you you know in, a, in working on something quickly and you're getting something out there that's people that has a value, you also have that moat, you know, that you have a business. <laughs> yeah, 
So I lost oh, it. Oh, you're back. You're back. No, sorry, sorry, my phone's ringing. Let me just turn it off. Ah, hilarious. I can beat that, Vinny. I can beat that. I was teaching a spinning <laughs> class. I told you. I was teaching a spinning class at Orgo. My girlfriend's in France. It's her birthday today. I'm teaching spinning class. Everything's coming through my phone. All the music's yeah. like, ring, ring, ring. I'm like, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I had to get off the phone. Anyway, so that's not as bad. That's not as bad. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay technical issues anyway build a community because you have the you have what everybody wants as a business is the customers and the audience and you're winning like from the start um and direct other thing is, research or direct access to yeah the research, asking these people it's questions all, it's all there because it's like one thing that you don't necessarily understand when you're building or starting a business or thinking about it is that it's all about the people like it's all about yeah. the customers that you're going to be working with the earlier you can start you know listening to them or interacting with them the, the better because it might turn out that you don't have an idea it's the idea the idea is not going to work so don't don't spend the time um yeah building it okay and once you've got the community and you're thinking of ideas you can do uh there's so many resources out there for like no code platforms where you can you can build an app a very basic app without having any code experience whatsoever like built on a google sheet or or something else um so i would really invest in those if i was if i was younger if I, if I was like you know starting out or if i was in university i would i would be playing around with these things like day and night i just um they weren't that they weren't available when i was that age unfortunately yeah but like i could have built my business on on a no code tool i could have built not this one I could have built Chanfan on no code, no code tool. I had, had no, um, no need to be like, you know, finding money to hire developers to work on a project, you know, a couple of days, and then you know, not do anything from there um, for weeks or whatever. So you can definitely, you, you, I could have built that product, you know, but the majority of the software at least on with no nobody else involvement whatsoever. And how would like so it's what's it a no code platform? No Is code. That yeah, there's loads of this. There's like you know Airtable, there's Bubble, there's um, uh, there's like Zapier. You know these tools where you can connect different things together. Like uh, you know, big thing is like a database. So you just have a your your Google Sheets a database, and you uh -huh. can connect it to connect it to Bubble to have like a mobile app. Um, you can connect it to even Squarespace. All of these kind of you know tools that you can use, or Webflow for example, that you can use that um, um, are fairly low cost and do all of the heavy lifting for you. Nice, and it's kind of like an intuitive platform that you just have your content, put it into it, and it will sort it for you. Yeah, there's lots. It's it's, it's vast, so there's lots of different things you can do. Okay. But um, I would I would like just look up um, you know, no no code. There's like MakerPad is an is an example um of a solution. I can't remember the website, but then anyway, there's there's because it's so critical. Like everything that I, everything that I read is like you need a co-founder and it needs to be technical or she needs to be technical. You need at least one person on the team that knows how to code, knows how to build. Otherwise, you're wasting your breath, a wasting your effort. And like, I am so not technical. It's not even funny. I wouldn't know to start. Mm. So things like this gives me inspiration. It gives me hope because yeah. I can't do it by myself. And I'm, I have no guarantee that somebody technical will want to join me as a, a business partner. And I don't want to lose any, you know. So that's giving me hope yeah. to me. So thanks for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I, there's, there's context there. So it depends if you're, you know, if you're trying to build something that's a, in the Facebook metaverse, then you're going to need an engineer. But if you're uh -huh. building something that's not as, you know, crazily complicated, then you can build, you can build it yourself. Nice, nice. Okay, well, that's good advice. That's good advice. And like, I would, I'd look into that. Okay, I will. I'm going to check that out even for myself. So uh, will you, bear with me just two seconds, Phil. Okay, bear with me. Uh, sorry about that, Finn. We just got some eager yeah. beavers during the room. <laughs> uh, so what I will say is, okay, so 
right now, if you were to say 10 years down the line, so these kids know they're in this meeting, not these ones that are trying to access my room, but in the actual mm. meeting and the people that will be showing this to on social media. 10 years time, you are speculating what sort of industries or what sort of areas will be that real, where will be the opportunities? If in your humble opinion, and we in this entrepreneurial space for a while, if you were setting up something now and you've done it, you have scaled and built slowly to a position now where you're in a good position, but that has probably mm. taken you the bones of a decade. So if you were going to, you know, 10 years time, what's, what's happening? Where should people be scaffolding for and setting things up for right now? Yeah, well, it's a tough question. There's, I mean, there's, there's a few, you know, hot areas, I guess, at the moment. Um, there's crypto, obviously. Where um, I don't know where to start on that, but there, that, that's a thing. Um, but you, that you, uh, I, I imagine your students will know more than me about that. <laughs> um, but it's something I can see a lot of, you know, on uh, you know people I follow on Twitter or, or just generally in the in the kind of sphere that I'm in. Um, there's, I mean, creator economy is huge. Um, we're kind of in that a little bit. Um, in that uh, we, a lot of our members are like are are in the hustle game. You know, they're like. They're they're buying or renting Airbnb properties, renting them out again. Um, they're not necessarily coming from a really wealthy background. Um, there's there's kind of a lot of low income people kind of doing you know getting into the business that we're we're helping to to, to help them grow. So, um, but there's also there's there's the wider kind of a creator economy where people are you know sharing insightful information or they're selling t-shirts or you know whatever it is. But that, that there's a huge industry there, a huge market there at least to. Um, to, to work into nice nice but yeah i don't know i, I think um things things will change in five years i'm sure things are and they but, have I, mean, I just like, sorry, since, like you were here since you were in dublin and since you were in wales yeah. how have things changed like and in the next 10 years we can expect the same thing but go on you were saying the remote work and the yeah, like re remote work, the way that I run my company is so alien to what I would have been educated to do in, you know, even though it's in Trinity, it's it's totally different to what um, expectations were back in that, back in, you know, at that time. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're, we're wanting to work remotely, we don't want to be going to the office every day. Um, we want flexibility, um, we might not be doing five day work weeks anymore, you know, there's all of those, all of those things that will be happening. Interesting. Yeah, and the thing is, at right now, we're trying to tell these students here like what direction that they can go in and trying to inspire like the people here within the entrepreneurial society. Because the people um, that I'm dealing with and the people that I've been talking to, it's just it's 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 dynamic. The in the like the, the workplace at the moment, people don't know what things will look like in six months, not mind six years. But um, we're just trying to see what the experts in the industries uh, can give advice and kind of direct. But it's it's all guesswork, really. Um, yeah, what, what everybody's telling us, so we have no clue. And so, yeah, I know you make question. you make yourself valuable, you know. There's everything that I'm doing now, or anybody in my team, you know, we're all we, we're all doing something that's going to it's different to like a traditional company or like even Google, for example. There's there's, there's a lot of value in what, what we're doing that would be of value to another company. Um, so I think if, as long as you're educating yourself, getting involved, doing the work, going out, selling your business, selling to customers, talking to customers, all yes. that experience is it's invaluable. You'll, you'll be you'll be fine, you know, having that having that experience. And with you, right? So you said already that you know you probably took a little longer now in hindsight than you would have liked. Uh, you had an idea and you didn't think it was an option. You just wanted to jump. So people have been telling me in, in the last couple of interviews, especially people are saying, "I wish you know I got on the phone and kind of promoted 
what I do and brought it to market a little bit earlier. I think people, especially in Ireland, we're not confident mm. enough to do that. Like, yeah. when you, can you give any advice in terms of sales or selling yourself or selling your business or to these kids that might even have that confidence just yet? What would you advise? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm like not extrovert in that way. I'm not somebody who enjoys picking up. At least I didn't. You know, I've, I've trained myself. I've, I've, I've changed um, to the point where I'm talking to customers all day long. And I, I will say, I have, I, I've just signed up our largest customer with like 300 properties, which is 30, $40,000 a year over year kind of contract for a business for us. Um, and I just know, I know I can sell these because I could, because I have a product that, that's, it's a fantastic product that I, I can, I can stand behind. I'm not mm. like negotiating anybody. It's not like I'm on the, on the phone trying to negotiate a sale. Yes. It's pure, purely based on the fact that I, I know what they want because I've talked to hundreds of them before. Um, I can answer all the questions that they're asking because I've, I've answered it a hundred times already. Um, mm-hmm. And I have, I have a product that, that speaks for itself. Um, but yeah, it, you, you have to do the sales. There's, you, you just don't have a business if you don't have sales. It's so important to, to start up. And I didn't do that in my first one. And it was a learning point from that. So as soon as we launched this uh, uplisting, I've, I've been doing sales from day one. Okay, nice. And I, what you were saying there, I, I love it. You know, that you back your product and your service so much that yeah. you don't have to sell. You just have to describe and explain. Like your, your sales pitch, your, your, your elevator pitch, I should say, is like, you don't have to fish after that. You know what? It's yeah. good enough. And, and it's, you know, it's, I do everything with integrity because you, you have these, you know, you have the sales calls with somebody and like, I, I'm not listening to you. So it's obviously just, you know, I, 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 can't, I don't trust you. What you're saying doesn't make any sense. It's just, I'm not doing it. You don't believe them. You don't believe them. No, you you don't know believe that them. they yeah. don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. But with, with, when you know what you're talking about and um, oh, what was I going to say? Sales. Uh, it's When you it's, have that integrity. Yeah, it is that. And sometimes it's not. It's, sometimes the sale just takes months, years even. Like we, we, um, I don't, we don't do, although, I, although we do a lot of selling, I don't do like pushy sales. So it's not like yes. um, we're doing these, you know, regular emails with come to, you know, this is what we have to offer. Here's a discount. Sign up now and you get X percent off, you know, whatever. We don't do any of that. Um, but by having some sort of um, presence in, you know, in, in, in the, you know, whether it's on these groups, the communities that we have, um, mm. just building, slowly building our customer base. Um, there's like a kind of, a, it just compounds to the point where somebody who's tried our software a year ago um, might sign up tomorrow. And it's because of everything that came, you know, before it. So it's, um, you, you want to do the sales, but you don't want to do it in a really pushy way that turns people off. Um, I think longer term, the longer you're in the game and the, if you have a, have a good reputation, um, it really compounds and you, uh, you just, like we're at the point now where we're just growing month on month. And a lot of it is just due to our, um, the way we've approached the market i think nice nice and look there's learnings in that there's learning that when you know your product is that good and you have that integrity and you're not trying to push sales down people's throat i think people listen and to be and like you said mm-hmm. i'm the same as you i can pick up on a bullshit eater straight away and i've been putting situations where i'm selling stuff that i don't believe in. i'm like of course i'm yeah. not succeeding in this i don't i don't believe in what i'm doing so yeah people yeah, see yeah. through it so look, and, and Vinny, before now we get to questions from other people, I have one more question for you. And look, you've given us lots of information there, lots of your time and experience, and we're going to get a lot from that. And there's people in this room that will just give a head start to maybe confidence, maybe that little push that they need in terms of getting on the phone. And if they have a product, back it, be confident in your abilities and, you know, and not potentially settling for a career that maybe you never wanted to do in the first place. And just because you got into mm. engineering and Trinity, there might be another avenue for you. But 
There was something that I found interesting on your LinkedIn, and uh, I never discussed with you before, but you were ex-Irish Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Now, tell Actually. me about this. Now, <laughs> look, you're, 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 you're full of surprises here. I didn't want your LinkedIn. You're too humble. You would never have thought, how did that come about? How young were you as Young Entrepreneur of the Year? And what young. was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, that was like when I was in, in um, secondary school, so I was a teenager. Oh, wow. Um, I, um, so yeah, I've, I've been into this kind of thing. You know, I, I enjoy, you know, building ideas, side projects, keep myself busy um, more than I would study. So, you know, that's what I, that's what I like doing. Um, so I, I, I kind of created this very small company called, it's called Treasure Ireland. It was a, um, it's kind of like a tourist quiz thing where um, basically you go, you go into a tourist office and we sold it in Donegal Town and you had like a, you <laughs> picked a package and in the package was like a map and uh, questions. So it was like cryptic clues for adults and then just easy questions for the kids. And you, as a tourist, you basically went around, you followed a map around Donegal and you got to see all the tourist sites and at the same time, um, learn about, you know, things and have a bit of fun doing it. Oh, so we did lovely. So wholesome. So wholesome. It's so much fun. Like we went, things like, you know, going to uh, a printer's, like negotiating prices with a printer, getting nice. these physical things made and finding all of that, getting a small pencil from like, you know, buy, where, where do you buy those? Where's the wholesalers? Like all that kind of stuff is, is in, you know, really enjoyable, fun stuff. And we didn't have so much internet back then. So it was more like you know, going around to the different places. Obviously my parents helped me a lot. Um, but oh, that, you she, think, had, she had again, right? Is that, is she had yeah, a yeah. Is that different? Oh, I love yeah, yeah, she's, that. you can see where my, where, where it came from, I think. But um, she, uh, or, or it was part of the, um, yeah, the younger, I don't know, it's still a thing. I'm, I'm assuming it's still a thing, but we did it. Um, we, you go to your regional, I think maybe like a Donegal final and you go to the regional final for Ulster and then we went to the, to the All-Ireland all final in, it was actually in UCD, I think, in RDS. Oh no, not RDS, whatever the UCD place is. Okay, and, okay. Um, and there was like, you know, loads of people, loads of students with their business ideas and I won my uh, age group at least. Yes, really, get it, get it. Yeah. <laughs> And look at you now, NYC, yeah. old business, that they knew something. That Donny Gold, they know foods. We've always said it. They knew a good thing when they saw it. Yeah. Very good. I mean, it's great fun. A lovely little um, side project. Um, and yeah, it's great. And learnings, right? Stuff that, you know, you were kicked into the deep end at an early stage, and those are learnings yeah. you sit there, no doubt. I think another kind of learning, learning from that period, at least, is the, it's, as, a, as when you're building a business, you, you're kind of, you're working around systems quite a bit you know you're kind mm. of you're not like you're, you're doing it ethically you're not cheating but you're, yeah. you're not you're not doing things by the book all the time um you want to be removing as many barriers from yourself and maybe pleading ignorance sometimes um yeah. you know don't don't bring in an attorney straight away to manage everything that you're you, you're doing in your business um because yeah you, you're you're constantly like skirting you know on the right side yeah. just yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's you got to do it right at the start. That's exactly what we need to be doing. So, look, solid, solid, and inspiring. And again, Vinny, like, as like, again, we don't have to pretend that I, we don't know each other. Is it? But it, since I've met you, it's always been inspiring because you're such a normal, cool, humble dude that 
He's doing big stuff behind us and creating his own path. And, you know, I think people need to know people like you. And hopefully someday I'll be in that sphere as well that, you know, you can just give people an opportunity to do something sometimes outside of the norm because all of mm. us are individuals. And just because there has paths led before us, doesn't need, we can potentially blaze our own trails. So. Absolutely. And, you know, I've totally been through that. That where I, I thought I was on a path and I was like, I, I don't want to be on this path. I'm going somewhere else. And you, you just have to make the leap sometimes. But, you know, there, I have a, you know, my, such a supportive family, my wife, like, I don't know, you, you obviously know Shauna, but um, she, I, I couldn't have done any of this without her, you know, being the main, main breadwinner for a couple of years, all that kind of stuff. You know, there's challenges you need to, you need to work through and go mm. through, but, um, you know, it's, well, uh, everybody's, everybody's path is different and not everybody has those, you know, opportunities or challenges, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it's there, it's there for you if you want it. Love that, Vinny. Love that. That's perfect. Like, look, I, so I'm not going to ask if there's questions from the room. I'll welcome them now. There's a little text box. If you do have a question for Vinny, pop it in. Um, and if not, Vinny, you're going to be off the hook fairly soon. I really appreciate your time today. And like, what I'll be doing from here, we'll be taking snippets from these recordings. And over the next few weeks and months, we'll start be putting them online. I will tag you in everything. Uh, we'll put on your contact details if that is okay with you. And people that might be in similar industries are potentially going down similar fields. And um, if it's if you're comfortable with that, would there be a way to people that could reach out to you? Is there an email address or a website that you can direct people to? Yeah, I think Twitter is probably the best. Um, my my Twitter handle is just my surname, so at Breslin. Um, and there, my my inbox is one thing I, I need to work on. Well, sorry, I need to work on loads of things, obviously. <laughs> one one main thing I need to work on is my inbox. So I I'm, I'm more active on uh, outside of that. Okay, so Twitter at Breslin. And yeah. look, we'll be reaching out. But look, thank you so much now for your time. And um, we do really appreciate it. And I think potentially you could be the last of our webinar series because hopefully from next week on, guys, we'll be doing this in person. But it was good to get a guy from NYC because as lovely a guy as this guy is, I'm not sure he would have been flying in to see us. So I'm glad I got you online. <laughs> the webinars work. And Vinny, have a lovely afternoon. It's evening time here. I'll be going to bed soon enough. That spinning class is still rattling me, so I'm going to get in bed out. But uh, right. thanks so much, mate. And we'll be in touch. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll put all your information and contact and for your business as well as you onto our platform. And hopefully some guys will be able to reach out to you once they see this online. Perfect. I, I've enjoyed it. So thank you so much, Daniel, and, uh, and everybody else. And a pleasure, mate. All right, we'll chat to you soon, mate. And safe. And enjoy the rest of your time in NYC. I'm envious. I'm envious. I might see you out there someday. I'll see you at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas time. Take it easy, mate.